What is up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform, being Twitter at Deep Dive FF or on Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Also, if you are looking for more Dynasty content from me, join me and the Rewind team at Dynasty Rewind on YouTube and wherever you enjoy your podcasts where we dive deep into all things Dynasty Fantasy Football. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, we are going to be going over the Arizona Cardinals. I know, I know I said I was going to wait, but you know what? Kyler Murray is looking like he's going to be here soon enough to just project him out for the full season. It's not going to throw anything off too much if he comes back, you know, week four, week five. So I'm fine with it. He's not really somebody I'm high on, even if you guarantee me 17 games this year anyways, and we'll get to why. So we're going to talk about the Cardinals, and we're starting with the offensive line. They drafted offensive tackle Paris Johnson in the first round, arguably the best offensive tackle in the draft. And then when we have to look at their skill positions, they lost wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, they lost wide receiver A.J. Green, and they added wide receiver Michael Wilson in the third round, somebody that I loved, is was very, very high on. If he wasn't injured in college, he probably could have been a top of the second late first type of draft pick and not this year but earlier and then on the defensive side of the ball they lost defensive end Zach Allen to a pretty big contract lost cornerback Byron Murphy they drafted cornerback Garrett Williams in the third round and they lost defensive end J.J. Watt he retired and then they drafted edge B.J. Ojulari in the second round so overall looking at the defense I mean you lost a little bit, you know, you're not going to be as good, but it's all right. They're trying to tank anyway, so I don't think they're really too worried about it. And and for fantasy purposes, I mean, they were a high pass volume offense, which we're going to get into and all that stuff. I don't really expect their defensive changes to really change too much for the team itself. The biggest thing here that we're going to look at is the coaching change. They now have John Gannon, Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator from last year as their head coach. They lost Cliff Kingsbury, obviously, and that's going to play a big role in these projections. So in 2022, the Arizona Cardinals had 1,098 plays despite being not a great offense. They were in the top five. They had the third most plays on offense in the NFL, the third most offensive plays in the NFL were the Cardinals last year. I promise you that is not going to repeat. That is not going to happen again. They had 664 passes, 434 runs. They had 17 passing touchdowns to 15 rushing touchdowns. They passed the ball 60% of the time. Their offense this year is going to be extremely poor. It was last year. It wasn't really that good last year. It's going to be worse this year. They lost DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray is not going to have the rushing factor. And I promise you a Kyler Murray without his his supreme threat of running the ball is going to be much below league average as a passer. And because, you know, the threat is what makes them play, play makes the defense play differently. 
against Kyler Murray, and that allows him to be more efficient because they're worried about him running it. They always have to have that in the back of their mind as well. Well, that's going to be gone. And if that's gone, now it might not be completely. You know, he's probably still going to be pretty healthy. But when you're looking at it, there's there's no way he's going to have the confidence. to. We don't even know if he's going to play from the start of the season. So then that means he's definitely not 100%. And if he's not 100% and he doesn't feel 100%, and that's in his mind, in his mentality, he will not be running 100%. Not as effective and not as often. And a Kyler Murray that doesn't do that is not a Kyler Murray that you really want leading your team, in my opinion, which we're going to get into it. But just overall going over the team and how it's going to change, they are going to have way less plays. The Arizona Cardinals are not going to have the third most plays in the NFL on offense again this year. And they're not going to be able to pass the ball 664 times. And if they do, then they are going to have barely any runs, and they're probably passing the ball 66% of the time or something ridiculous. But I don't see that happening. Kingsbury ran a fast-paced offense. He always ran a fast-paced offense. That was one of the marquee things about his offenses. And with him gone, John John Gannon is a defensive guy. That's not a thing. Defensive guys, they don't want fast-paced offenses. Defensive head coaches, they have the mindset of, hey, I want my defense well-rested so they can come out, get that team off the field right away because they're not gassed, and then get some time to breathe. He's not going to want a fast-paced offense because fast-paced offenses also get off the field really quickly, whether it's from scoring too like really fast or from going three and out in about a minute's time because they're just boom, boom, boom with their plays instead of drawing out the clock. So that's not what Gannon is going to want as a former defensive coordinator for the Eagles. So it's it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They are going to probably have one of the lowest plays total. I would say that this team is up for the re- the award, not reward, the award of the biggest change in total plays from last year to this year, but it's going to be in the negative way. So when I'm looking at this offense, I'm projecting 980 plays, 118 plays less than last year. I'm giving them a 59% pass rate. I'm giving them 32 touchdowns again, just like last year. Hopefully, you know, despite losing DeAndre Hopkins, getting an offensive tackle in Paris Johnson in the first round, who's supposed to be very, very good, and Kyler hopefully being healthy for most of the season, but not, you know, not to the degree of health where he's running all over the place but just being able to be there and play for most of the season hopefully that can kind of you know make up for the loss of Hopkins and that's why I'm going to give them the 32 touchdowns again but I'm giving them 980 plays I think that when they do get down the field to score they're going to be doing it in a lot less um, you know chippy like little touch passes the little Rondell Moore one-yard passes, like all that stuff, there's going to be a lot less of that in my in my mind, in my opinion. So I'm giving them 32 touchdowns again, but 980 plays, significantly less. They're going to have 23 passing touchdowns and nine rushing touchdowns in my projection. Now, last year, they were a lot more split up. They had 17 passing, 15 rushing. Well, if I don't think Kyler's a huge, huge threat in the rush game where He's had nine and seven and six and four rushing touchdowns in in years past. Well, if I don't think that that's 
the case, they're going to be passing a lot more and they're going to have more passing touchdowns. So for me, that's that's how I have it split up. Now let's talk about Kyler. He's got with the 59% pass rate that I have projected on 980 plays, that's going to give Kyler 578 passes. And I need you to remember this. This is extremely important. If there's one thing that you remember, or, or two things that you remember when I'm talking about Kyler Murray, this should be one of them. I have him projected to pass almost 100 passes less than the Cardinals quarterbacks did last year as a whole. Okay, remember that, especially when we get to the wide receivers. Now... I'm giving him a 4.0 projected touchdown rate, slightly above last year's mark. He's going to run less. He's going to run with less efficiency like we've talked about. Over the last two years in a 17-game season, he's on pace for about 100 rush attempts per season over 17 games. I'm giving him 70. So I'm basically projecting him at about 70% of his running trend. Because I don't think he's 100%. I just don't think he is. And even if he is, it's going to be in the back of his mind, worried about that, about re-injuring and all that stuff. And he's probably not going to cut as hard, run as often, run as fast, and all that stuff. So I'm cutting him down about to 70% of what he has been so far. And I want you to understand, as a passer, man, Kyler Murray is basically, he's just a highlight quarterback with legs. As an actual consistent passer, he is not it. He is not what you want. Just trust me on that. Without him having effective running, he will be exposed this year. We will see it this year. If he is, to to what I'm expecting with his legs, if he's not going to be running all over the place, he's going to get exposed as a passer. And he's probably, this might be a hot take, might not, depends on who you are, but he's probably going to lose his job in Arizona if he plays. Um, and also, even if he doesn't play, he'll probably still lose his job in Arizona. I One of my hot takes that are statistically supported, which we'll talk about in the, in the future, I'll, I'll have a hot take episode hopefully, Kyler Murray will not be a Cardinal in the 2024 season. That is my... Now, I do. he's going to be a starter somewhere, but I don't think he's going to be a Cardinal. I think actually a nice place for him to land, a, a realistic place for him for next year would be Arizona. Because I'm expecting him to have a bad year. It's going to lower his price. Then the Cardinals are going to have the opportunity with as being one of the worst teams in the NFL to either get Caleb Williams or Drake May. They might have to trade up a little bit, but they just got more ammo from trading back last year or this this past draft. So they would have the ammo needed to go up and get one of those quarterbacks. So I think they're going to do that. And because I, I expect the Cardinals to be this bad of a team. And if that happens then I think Kyler could probably get traded to Atlanta because they're going to be especially in our division the NFC South division they're going to be too good I know this is a little bit of a rant so excuse me but the Cardinals are going to be too good to have a pick low enough that they could realistically grab one of those quarterbacks or even trade up to grab one of those quarterbacks because I think the card the the Falcons excuse me might win the division um they're going to give the Saints a run for their money so I would I I think would expect them to be probably pick 11 at the earliest 10 or 11 at the earliest and that's a huge trade up to get one of those young quarterbacks so I think they might end up trying to take a stab at Kyler but anyways with the sidebar being over Kyler Murray with his rushing because that's all he's had you know he's he's had that ability to run since he's been in the NFL he has averaged 
7.1 yards per attempt or less in three of his four years. That is atrocious. The NFL average is about 7.2, 7.3 yards per attempt for a quarterback. That is the NFL average. He has been under the NFL average three of his four years in the NFL. He also has a 2-to-1 touchdown ratio. That is also absolutely garbage. If he throws, if he has like a nice, oh yeah, he had like a 30, this hasn't happened, but if he has a 30 passing touchdown season, well, he's got 15 interceptions to go along with it. So he's, you know, he's not great. He's not good at protecting the ball, really. He does, you know, put himself in dangerous positions and takes unnecessary risks. And maybe it's because he can't see over the line. Maybe it's because he just likes to be risky. Who knows? I mean, Jameis Winston was like that. So He's, he's just not a great passer. He isn't. And he's had good weapons. He's had DeAndre Hopkins. He's had Marquise Brown. He's had, I think he had Fitzgerald, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he had Fitzgerald. Yeah, he did. He had Fitzgerald. You know, he's had guys there. Zach Ertz has been good. So he doesn't really have like too many excuses to work with. Yeah, the offensive line has been bad. But he's had guys to throw the ball to. He's had his legs. And I'll tell you something else. Guys like Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts, even Justin Fields, guys who run the ball the way Kyler runs or even better or even maybe a little bit worse, guys that run like that, like Kyler does, their yards per attempt are through the roof. It should be like that if you're a quarterback that can run because you open up so many things. And yet, despite that, Kyler has not been, and if we're expecting him not to be able to run like he has in the past, whether he doesn't want to or he can't, his yards per attempt is going to drop significantly, and he will be one of the worst passers in the NFL. I have him at 6.5 yards per attempt. That is a number lower than the rookie quarterbacks that I'm projecting coming into the NFL this year. I'm giving him a 65% completion rate and 10 yards per completion. His yards per completion have also been abnormally low in his career, despite being somebody who runs the ball a lot and should open things up. So with that said, for Kyler Murray, with the 578 passes, the 4% touchdown rate, that's going to be 23 passing touchdowns. And the 65% completion rate, 10 yards per completion, that's going to bring him to 578 passes, 376 completions, 3,757 yards, and 23 passing touchdowns. On the ground, I have him about 70% of what he did. Also less efficient per carry, though. So that's 70 carries for 350 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. That's going to be 17.4 points per game for me. This is projecting him over a 17-game season, putting him at quarterback 23. If he does not play a 17-game season, he will be far outside of that. So for me... There's no way I'm touching Kyler. There's no way I'm touching Kyler. And he is an immediate sell for me in Dynasty. Some people may say, Kyler Murray is a good value right now in Dynasty. He's going, you know, in the fourth round of Superflex Dynasty startups. Well, brother, let me tell you, I will not be touching him there because I expect Kyler Murray to have a season so poor this year compared to expectation because the thing that's that's bringing Kyler's value down right now is not what I'm talking about it's the fact that they don't know when he's gonna play it's the fact that he might not be fully healthy that's what's taking his value right now that means there's a lot of room to grow or should I say tank further because 
when people see him passing the ball without that threat and defenses start catching on that, hey, Kyler Murray is scared, he's not running around, he's not, we can play this a little bit differently, then he's going to be in trouble. And he's and he's got no Hopkins to throw the ball up to as a safety valve. So it's not going to be great. It's not going to be great. And Zach Ertz, additionally, you want to throw some more, um, uh, what's the word? What? No, I, I'm not even going to try. Throw some more something on the something. Then you got to remember Zach Ertz now, who's gotten injured, and now he's like 34 years old. He's probably not going to recover well from his knee injury. That's another weapon that he might be losing out on. So it's not a great, great spot for him. And the cherry on top is they have one of the worst schedules for a quarterback this year in the in the NFL season. So like I said, I'm not touching him. He's an immediate sell in Dynasty. I am trying to package him and tear up at the quarterback position. People may not view Kyler that far off from guys like Trevor Lawrence. Now, obviously they do, but it's not going to be a crazy change. Like you might be able to go, hey, Kyler and a second for Trevor. That's something that I'm doing without a question. So that's Kyler Murray. Now let's break it down and get into these wide receivers. Now I want you to remember, once again, Kyler Murray, have him projected and I have the Cardinals overall projected for 100 pass attempts less, almost, it's like 80-something, 100 passes less than last year. And I'm expecting Kyler to, to be very inefficient and very poor, okay? Let's remember those things when we get into these wide receivers. Marquise Brown, he had a 25% target share without DeAndre Hopkins. I am giving him his efficiency from when Hopkins was gone. And I'm giving him that same target share. That's 145 targets off of this much lower pass attempt volume that's available. Now, if they pass more, obviously he would have a lot more. He could have 165, 170 targets if they pass the whole bunch. But that's not going to be the case because they're not going to be able to support an offense with that many plays. And and they're not going to want to either. So in this way, with how bad I project the offense to be, I should be lower than consensus on Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown is wide receiver 32-ish. He's like between like 29 and 34, depending on where you're looking. Well, giving him the efficiency that he had without DeAndre Hopkins and a slew of other quarterbacks and, you know, that 25% target share, it's going to bring him to 145 targets, 94 receptions, 1,033 yards and seven touchdowns. That doesn't sound crazy, right? 1,033 yards, seven touchdowns. That doesn't sound crazy. It's 14.1 points per game. It's wide receiver 20. That is wide receiver 20. He is in the tier, the tier that I have him in. It's uh, the dark yellow. I believe it's the dark yellow on the on the draft sheets. Go check it out. Join the, the gold Patreon at Dynasty Rewind. Go support us and check out my draft sheets. You get them once you subscribe to that gold $10 a month tier. He's wide receiver 20. He's from 20 to 25. So I have him as the first wide receiver in his tier. If you don't like it, you could drop him down. But I wouldn't put him lower than wide receiver 25, which is still higher by a pretty good seven spots than his ADP and consensus ranking right now. So I love Marquise. I love Marquise. And I have the passing game as a whole projection in, you know, all in all for the Cardinals as a very bad passing offense or a very bad passing team. Like they're just, I don't see them really being great. 
and yet I still love Marquise Brown. That should be a signal to you that this dude is a value because if you disagree with me, if you think, ah, Kyler's not that bad, you're over, you're overreacting. He's not that bad of a passer. Or he's going to be fine. He'll pick up running as the season progresses, and they'll be able to run more plays, and he'll be more efficient, and blah, blah, blah. If you believe any of those possible points of argument with me, which, I mean, obviously I disagree with them, but if you take any of those stances, then you should be just as high, if not higher, on Marquise Brown than I am. So he's a huge value. He's one of my favorite guys to draft right now. He has, He's the higher upside version, and these are guys that are in his tier. He's the higher upside version of guys like Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and I love drafting those guys. I love them. I have them in the same tier, and they are also ranked higher than consensus for me so he's in that group that i just i I love to pick out of that bucket deontay juju marquise so kyler going down let's talk about that possibility kyler comes back too early gets hurt or decides to sit out the season whatever that's not going to make things worse for marquise brown not really like i told like i was trying to tell you kyler murray has not been a great passer so it's not really going to make things much worse now i will say kyler does have a pretty good deep ball so that would hurt marquise a little bit of course but you know and that's why we want kyler healthy but he won't be that that worse off without kyler murray maybe he would go from 14.1 points per game to like 12.5 he would still be a good value his over under lastly in vegas is at 900 receiving yards that means Vegas is showing confidence because I have him at 1,033 projected. And you guys know how they always have to, to take into account like a couple games for injury just in case. So if somebody misses one game, everybody doesn't just hit the under. So the fact that they have him at 900, they're bullish on him too. And I really like the over on his receptions. His receptions are set at 70.5 on underdog. That is one of my my best bets that we're going to talk about on the underdog best bets podcast that also should be in the future and man i'm just revealing like all of the upcoming content look at me so i have you know 94 receptions for marquise his over under is at 70 and a half i like that over it's a pretty nice one as long as he stays healthy he should hit it and now we're going to talk about michael wilson oh boy oh boy if this is not the reason for the podcast i don't know what is because michael wilson is gonna be a dude if that man stays healthy. Ooh, we're getting into it. All right, all right. We starting out hot. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna project him as the number two. I don't really think that's going out on a limb. Maybe if Zach Ertz was fully healthy and never got hurt last year, then it would be. But that's not what happened. So I'm projecting him as the number two wide receiver and the number two target. Now I'm not gonna give him a crazy target share. You know, a lot of wide receiver twos, or I mean, number two targets in offenses. A lot of them are you know, in that 20, 21 range, I'm projecting Michael Wilson to have an 18% target share. If you want to give him 16%, it's fine. I'm giving him an 18% target share. And this is more of a dynasty thing right here because 18% of the targets on the, the poor passing offense that I'm projecting is going to be, you know, not super great. But I will say that for dynasty, it's going to help him explode still. And his value is going to rise tremendously. And I'm going to admit right now before we get into him, I am I'm a little bullish, a, a lot bullish. I'm a lot bullish in Michael Wilson. So I think that Rondell Moore and Greg Dortch 
They battle a lot as the third target. Michael Wilson is different. Michael Wilson is something different for this team. He provides this team with what they have been missing. He is the size and the strength at wide receiver. They have Marquise Brown. He's a burner. He's, you know, he's not small. He's not like, you know, Devonta Smith skinny, but he's not big. They have Marquise Brown, who's small and speedy. They have Rondell Moore, who's small and speedy. He's 5'7". They have Greg Dortch, who's even shorter somehow. I think he's 5'4", 5'6", and got some speed too. Not any, I don't think he's as crazy as uh, as Marquise, but he's he's still pretty fast too. They don't have, or didn't, have that big guy. It was Hopkins, and then they lost him. Well, Michael Wilson now steps into that role. He is their size and strength. He is 6'2", 213 pounds. Okay, now I'm going to start reading you numbers of somebody else who I have as pretty much a clone of him. Okay, so Michael Wilson is 6'2", 213 pounds. The person I'm going to be comparing him to coming in to the NFL was 6'3", 212 pounds. So one inch, one pound difference. Michael Wilson ran a 4'5'8". The person I'm going to compare him to ran a 4'5'7". Michael Wilson has a 37.5 inch vertical. Compare him to 35 inches of our NFL comparison, who I will reveal shortly. So he's basically same height, same weight, same speed, better vertical so he can get up higher, right? He had the most bench reps in the combine for wide receivers this year, showing that his size and strength is really strength. 23 reps on the bench press. The guy I'm comparing him to, 18, okay? Okay. Now, the guy that I'm comparing him to is Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas was very good as a rookie, came in. He was an early second-round pick, projected as like a developmental, will become a very good starter, just give him some time. And then he exploded right when he got here. Why? Because he's a technical, refined route runner. And that is Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson is unlike most big and strong rookie wide receivers. He is very refined and technical. He knows how to run routes. He is polished. He is one of my favorite sleepers at the wide receiver position. He was pre-draft. Before the NFL draft, he was one of my favorite. Then I loved the landing spot. Absolutely loved it once Hopkins left. He will be on the field a lot because he is different from Marquise and Rondale and Dorch. They need a different type of guy. I'm telling you, they are not going to keep him off the field. They are not going to have Marquise and Rondale and Dorch in three wide receiver sets. And in two wide receiver sets, I highly doubt they're going to have Marquise and Rondale. It's going to be Marquise, and after a couple games, when he starts showing his worth, it's going to be Marquise and Michael Wilson. And then in three wide receiver sets, that's when Rondale and Dorch are fighting each other for that third wide receiver slot. So I'm giving him similar numbers to young Michael Thomas. Now, sidebar, he is... You know, not Michael Thomas when it comes to hands. He's not at that level, at least not yet. Maybe, you know, he could be if he practices and gets better and better, which coaches raving about him in camp, about how he, how much he absorbs and how smart he is and how refined he is and how determined and how good he's going to be and all of this stuff. So it's looking really good for Michael Wilson. And I think save for health, There is no way this guy is not a legit wide receiver in the NFL. No way. I'm going to give him similar efficiency to Michael Thomas, rookie year. Obviously, 
with less uh, a much less catch rate because Drew Brees was just superb, always one of the most accurate quarterbacks. That is not Kyler Murray. So we're going to drop that catch rate a significant amount. Michael Thomas had 75% catch rate as a rookie. I'm giving Michael Wilson 68%, so that's a big difference. But I'm giving him that 68% catch rate on his 18% target share, 12 yards per reception. That, And I'm giving him 5 of 23 touchdowns available. So that's going to be 104 targets, 71 receptions, 849 yards, and 5 touchdowns. That puts him at about wide receiver 50 for me. Now here is the hot takey part of this ranking. If you followed me through this thought process and you agree with it, you're not going to like this part. But this is what I love about fantasy. This is why I do projections. This puts him above the likes of Jackson Smith and Jigba and Quentin Johnson. Now, obviously, I'll take those guys over him and I'll take because they have much more upside. JSN could take the number one spot, which Michael Wilson could too. But JSN could take the number one spot but he's just a much better receiver. He is also polished, but he is you know, more athletic, more reliable, has more experience, doesn't have injury concerns. So yeah, I'll take JSN. And I'll take Quentin Johnson for the, the probability that he, he's a freak of nature and he gets better at catching and he's just all over the place with Justin Herbert, who's a, a great quarterback. And he'll be in a, a very good offense that actually will still pass a whole bunch and, you know, compared to last year, and, and they're not going to have a 100 pass attempt drop like what I'm expecting for the Cardinals. So with all of that said, right, I have him above those guys for this year, this year. Now, I'm still going to take those JSN, Quentin, I'm still going to take those guys above him. They're in the same tier for me. I'm going to take them above him. But the reason I'm highlighting this is because of the dynasty value that Michael Wilson provides to you right now. I love him for dynasty. I drafted him actually in most places. I drafted him in 75% of my dynasty leagues. 75% and guess what I'm doing in the other 25%? I'm trying to grab him while his value is low. So I'm very high on both of these Cardinals wide receivers, which you should be like, hey, hey, that's a, that's a sign, that's a sign, considering that I have them projected to throw on the money 86 less passes than last year. So you can find some safety that way in my projection. Now that leaves 100 after you know what we've talked about and James Conner, who we're going to get to in a second. After James Conner, Marquise Brown, and Michael Wilson, there's still 151 receptions left on the table to split between your tight ends, Rondell Moore and Greg Dortch. Because of that, I don't see any of them having fantasy football relevance except maybe Trey McBride if Zach Ertz doesn't come back, if he decides to retire, or if he gets hurt. Then I'll be in on McBride a little bit too as a sleeper. But as of right now, I'm not going to waste my time with projecting them just to say they're outside of my wide receiver 75 spot and I'm not touching them. So I'm just going to save myself some grief and not even worry about that. Now let's talk about James Conner. James Conner is the last person we're talking about on this team. Now he was hurt and playing subpar snaps until week seven, or excuse me, until week ten, up to week seventeen. So from week ten to seventeen was when he was healthy and playing his normal snap share. There was basically no Kyler Murray during that stretch. He had one week. Kyler Murray was only with James Conner one week when Conner was playing his normal snaps. Now during that stretch, James Conner got eleven percent of the targets. Now he's going to get more targets with DeAndre Hopkins gone. 
I'm going to give him some similar efficiency and like similar efficiency to what he had when Hopkins was gone last year. Now, the thing that's crazy is he was getting a whopping 84% of the running back carries last year. Now, they didn't make much attempts to add to, to the running back room, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was up there still, but because of how he's been banged up, because he's getting a little bit older, I think he's 28 this year, I'm giving him a little bit less percentage of the carries. I'm giving him 78% of the carries in the running back room, opposed to 84. I think they're going to draw it back a little bit. Also, Gannon coming from Philly. Philly likes to split things up with the running backs. Now, he's not the offensive guy. He probably didn't pay or didn't have anything um, to contribute to that decision. But just seeing it and seeing how successful they were, he might take it a little bit, take on a little bit of that and apply it here with Arizona. Hopefully not. I don't think he will too much. But I have James Conner going from 84% of the running back carries to 78% of the running back carries. And after taking out the rushes by Kyler Murray from the rushing projection for this team, there's 330 and, you know, a couple carries here and there for wide receivers and whatnot, gimmicky stuff. That's 330 carries to the running back position. So that's 257 carries for James Conner with the 78%. Now he's got good health. He's got Kyler back, Paris Johnson. That's a nice upgrade. He's got a lot of things going for him. But Connor was already at near his highest yards per carry last year. His highest yards per carry, I think, was 4.4. If I remember correctly, he had 4.3 last year. So maintaining that 4.3 mark when he's been far, you know, below it a, a decent amount at 3.94, 4.1. When he's been below 4.3 a good amount of times, just maintaining that 4.3 number is perfect for me. That's what I'm projecting him to do with the upgrades. And hopefully, you know, he does hopefully he doesn't break down. Hopefully he can make it through the season. But I'm giving him that same, like I said, 4.3 yards per carry. The same catch rates, you know, all that stuff. Very similar. Now he's gonna have lower yards per reception as Kyler legs. Kyler's legs and DeAndre Hopkins being gone reduces the threat to the defense. They can play a little tighter, focus in on Connor a little bit more. And that's gonna hurt him. I have him with three receiving touchdowns. It's going to be 75 targets, 60 receptions, 361 receiving yards, three touchdowns, and then the 257 carries times the 4.3 is 1,105 rushing and six rushing touchdowns. I have him with all of the rushing touchdowns for the running backs. He is a medium risk player because of his health and his age. Yeah, he is 28. And that's going to put him at a total of almost 1,500 yards and nine touchdowns 15.3 points per game for me he is my running back 15 he is a great value at running back 22 he's at the four five turn right now if you go wide receiver heavy at the top grab a tight end or grab a quarterback james connor as your second running back in the early fifth round or you know your first running back in the end of the fourth or whatever that's a good spot for him i, I like it it's a good value i'm not i'm going to be just completely honest i'm not getting him anywhere and it's because there are guys at that exact spot in the draft that I prefer. It's Jerry Judy. It's Darren Waller. Um, it can be. It's Jerry Judy, Darren Waller, Miles Sanders. Um, there's a couple other guys there in that range that I just I love more than him. But he is a very good value. If you're looking for running back, if you need running back there, he is one of the better bets, in my opinion. That's the Arizona Cardinals. I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you could feel the passion 
inside on this uh, this group of guys because you know I've been talking a little bit here and there with other people about the Cardinals and I'm just like dude there's so much angles to take here on these projections and I explained explained my angles for the most part pretty well I think for you guys so hopefully you agree with me if you don't that's cool that's cool because the more people that agree with me then the more people start to affect not that I have like a large enough listener count not the uh you know I don't know whoever has the most I don't know what football podcast has the most listeners but you know there are some fantasy football podcasts that can affect ADP by the things they say I'm obviously not one of them but you know the more people that disagree with me the better it is for me and a lot of you guys that listen to my podcast are in leagues with me so it makes trading sometimes very difficult because you know exactly where I stand why I stand there and sometimes I sway you to my side and then you don't want to give up the person I'm trying to trade for so with that said thank you guys for listening in thank you for you know blessing me with your time and hope you guys enjoyed it. Drop a rating, drop a review. That's there. So, no Cardinals for you. Peace.